and this was at 2 p.m. the day before their wedding. So um, basically, we had to find um, another venue with within hours. Um, so venue, tables, chairs, lighting, um, t- luxury loos, uh, a lot of things. Um, obviously, not the entire wedding. They had their photographer and videographer and cake and things like that, but. Um, that was a lot of planning in a very short amount of time. Welcome to the Yes To I Do podcast, your weekly wedding planning show hosted by Jack Brister and Chris Piercy. Hi there and welcome to Yes Do I Do, your wedding planning podcast. My name's Chris Piercy and uh, joined by Jack Brister today. Say hello, Jack. Hi, Jack. And then I'll make the same joke about not saying that on a plane. Now, today we had a chat with uh, Sam Savage, who runs uh, South Coast Weddings. And we chatted about all things wedding planning and went into detail about which particular topic was it, Jack? Things you don't realise you need for your wedding day. And this is how we got on. Can you explain? I haven't really introduced you at all. So can you actually explain to Jack what it is that you do, Sam? Yes, so um, I am a wedding planner. And that can encompass um, lots of different things. So I do full wedding planning or partial wedding planning or on the day coordination. So depending where people are at with their budget or their wedding planning, um, they may, may need someone to come on from the beginning to plan the entire the entire wedding. Um, they might need some help nearer the time, um, mainly with getting all the admin table plans, all the stuff that um, suppliers need to be able to help them with their days. Or some people plan their entire wedding themselves, but they might be having their wedding in an unmanaged venue. So I do a lot of on-the-day coordination for people like that. So it might be a marquee or a village hall or in their own house or garden, um, but they haven't got anybody managing their day. So that's on-the-day coordination. Okay, so in terms of the kind of, if you're planning someone's full wedding, I mean, how... How involved are you with it? I mean, is it literally every single supplier that gets booked you're involved in, or they sometimes do a little bit themselves and you do the rest, or d- does everything have to go through you to a certain extent? No, exactly. It, I work really closely with the couple. If I do a full wedding plan, um, they see a lot of me, so we have to be very good friends. Um, I almost become part of the furniture because we work very closely. Obviously, a wedding is very personal to people, so it should be exactly how they want it. And the only way I can get to know what they want is to spend time with them um, and figure out what the best fit or which suppliers are gonna be the best fit for them. Um, So some people already may have a really good friend who is a photographer or um, a friend of theirs has had a wedding photographer and they really love their style. So some people do book their own suppliers if they, you know, they found people they really love. Um, But then some people, don't have a clue where to start and they're happy to for me to book all of the suppliers um, based on the best fit for them. So you said that you do on the day coordination as well as full uh, wedding planning. Can you do the full wedding planning even in a managed venue um, or do venues get a bit funny about that? What Where do you kind of sit there? An in-house wedding coordinator is very different to a, an external wedding planner. So the in-house wedding coordinator at a venue, they're taking care of um, you know, the meals that people are having, any dietary requirements, making sure all that sort of stuff is taken care of. Um, and if the, if the couple are having their ceremony there, making sure they've set up the room for the ceremony. We, as an external wedding planner, it, we're not stepping on toes at all because we're looking at the bigger picture. 
we're looking at almost planning from the beginning exactly what they want, sometimes finding that venue. So we're obviously bringing business to the venue, um, but we're looking at the much bigger picture of the whole day um, rather than just what's taking place at that venue at that time. So we work really closely with in-house um, wedding coordinators as well. I actually did a wedding before where there was three wedding coordinators on the day. So I think the bride had booked two wedding planners and, and they were all working alongside the uh, wedding coordinator at Lulworth Castle as well. Well, what's better than one wedding planner? Three. <laughs> yeah. What, what, why not? If, if, if you can, then do, as they say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this might be a misconception. I don't know because I've not hired a wedding planner before. But it's, I think there's a, a belief that you only hire a wedding planner if you're planning a high-end wedding. Is that true no i think the trouble is i think um wedding the term wedding planner i think people see it's quite an american thing and there's lots of films with wedding planners in and in the films they're really high-end weddings really lavish um they're spending tons and tons of money whereas in reality it's not like that at all obviously i've done some high-end weddings but um, anybody can hire a wedding planner because at the end of the day the wedding you're using the wedding planner for their knowledge as opposed to the, the wedding planner only being um, there for high-end weddings it's, it's not that at all um, you're just using them for their knowledge so it, it really doesn't matter what type of wedding you're having they can help you whether you're having your wedding in a village hall or, or in a castle so what's the advantages of having a, a wedding planner I mean, if you took uh, one wedding without a wedding planner had the same wedding with a wedding planner what would be the kind of notable differences between those, those two weddings well i like to think that the one with the wedding planner would obviously run like clockwork <laughs> but um like i said i think the the reason you would hire a wedding planner um most people who come to me are people who maybe don't have time to plan their own wedding so if they've got a really stressful job they may also have children already um, and they literally have no time in the day to plan their wedding there's you know between their job and their family they just can't fit it in um, but they know they want to get married they've got the budget to be able to pay someone to plan their wedding so those sorts of people would come to me to plan their wedding um, or there are also people who have no desire to plan their own wedding. Um, they love the thought of having their wedding, but they don't want to do any of the planning. They may be not great with staying organised, admin, all that sort of stuff, and they just don't want to. So people, obviously, everyone gets married and have different timescales. How long do you think it takes to plan a wedding, I suppose, in inverted commas, properly? It's a very good question. Um, I would say it probably depends on the type of time of year. Um, that's a bit of a how long is a piece of string um, question. Um, I only say that because recently I had a wedding um, who, uh, so they were meant to be having their reception in a teepee. I, th I feel like I should save this for the um, worst wedding, but I'll tell you anyway, uh, we can fit it in wherever. Um, so the couple was supposed to be having their wedding reception in a teepee. The day before the wedding, the teepee company said they more than likely wouldn't be able to have their wedding in a teepee because of the strong winds. Um, so it got to about two o'clock in the afternoon and the TP company said, yeah, definitely you, you can't have your wedding in the TP because of the strong winds. And this was at 2 p.m. the day before their wedding. So um, basically we had to find um, another venue with, within hours. Um, so venue, tables, chairs, lighting, um, luxury loos, uh, a lot of things. Um, obviously not the entire wedding, they had their photographer and videographer and cake and things like that, but um, 
that was a lot of planning in a very short amount of time. Of course, I don't want every anybody coming to me all the time going, can you plan my wedding in a day? Because obviously that's not very realistic um, and I'd probably have a heart attack. Uh, but um, yeah, so it is doable. I think depending on your expectations, um, if you want a fairy tale princess wedding in a castle with everything, you are not going to be able to do that in a couple of months. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And I think that you managed to pull off a wedding essentially in a day. I think that just goes to show the advantages of hiring a wedding planner. Should you, obviously that's an absolute worst case scenario. You'd never want that to happen. But in case anything goes wrong, that's why you have people like you there to do that. I know Chris has got a point he wants to make, so I'm going to hand over to Chris. I think that it's, that's got to be like line one of your CV, planned a full wedding in one day, right? That's, that's... No, because people will come to me with inquiry. You can plan a wedding in a day. No. <laughs> Brackets, I never want to do that again. But uh, I think this actually ties in really nicely with what we said so many times in the show before about uh, a wedding being like all about stamping your personality on the day. Because obviously you've mentioned about fairy tale princess castle weddings and that's perfect for some people and not it's not for whatever, like some other people and there's other people that really want to get married like a and just have their, their, their friends and family close and they're, they're happy getting married in a village hall and i think it just would you agree that there's, there's basically no right or wrong way of doing a wedding that's just kind of right for you is that right yeah 100 percent. um i get a lot of people when i go and meet with them for their initial um meeting consultation and the, the the trouble is when people with um well I was going to say big families but people with lots of family and friends that have already been married they tend to listen to them um, and take on board what they're saying which is great because a lot of family and friends have have really valuable input but especially parents and grandparents have quite traditional views on how weddings were when they got married um, and then I think couples getting married now feel like they have to do things a certain way because because of how tradition used to be um, and said, oh, you know, my mum said we should do this or my, my grandma said we should do this. Um, and I say, you know, if the grandparents or the parents are paying for the wedding, you do have to take on board what they're saying and be respectful. But at the same time, it is your wedding. Um, and I say to people, if you, you know, if you want to do something out there and you don't want to be traditional, do it. You, you only, you're only going to do it once. So, do exactly what you want to do, and if you do something different, people will actually love it, and they'll they'll say that's that's just you. I think that actually moves on quite nicely to our topic of uh, conversation today. Uh, what is that topic, Jack? Uh, so today's topic is talking about things you didn't realise you needed to help plan your wedding. And I think this is a great topic for uh, us to to talk about today, especially with Sam as a wedding planner. Uh, as soon as I say that to you, Sam, as things you don't realise you need, do you, is anything that instantly pops to your head that people don't think about that you obviously know, having planned all the weddings you've helped plan? Yeah, definitely. Um, again, it depends on the type of wedding, um, but definitely for DIY weddings um, where people are planning uh, most of their wedding themselves and they perhaps just having a wedding planner for the day, um, for on-the-day coordination, there definitely are things that come up time and time again. Um, that I make sure that I talk to people about ahead of the day. Um, otherwise, on the day, I end up trying to fight fires that um, are, are a lot harder than if I'd prepared people for them. Um, I think a main one that sticks out in my mind is if people are doing their own bars. 
um, which is, is great. If people are on a budget and they're trying to save money um, and they are providing their own alcohol, um, the biggest thing for me is cups. And it sounds really like a really boring topic, um, but it's so important uh, because a lot of people think they're going to have glass at their wedding, which is great in the day. People are drinking wine, great. When it comes to the evening, you could just never have enough glasses in the world for uh, people going back to the bar time and time and time again, because we all know that when we go to parties, you have a drink and you put the glass down. You don't take the glass back to the bar and say, can you refill it? Um, and people won't be aware of the fact that people are doing their own bar. They will just assume they can go back to the bar time and time again. Um, so just don't have glass in the evening. Um, you need weddings need to switch to to plastic or um, in this day and age, uh, an alternative to plastic, because obviously we all hate plastic, um, an alternative to plastic, just not glass, because there can never be enough glasses in the world for drunk guests putting glasses down and needing a new one. Um, so it, it's like I said, it sounds like a really boring topic, but it's such an important thing that people must think I'm really weird that I ram it down their throat about getting an alternative to glass in the evening. But it can be an utter nightmare yeah, well, my um, my girlfriend used to work in a bar at a wedding venue, so I can attest to that being 100% true because they have their dishwasher on all the time and it's always filled with glasses because they're always having to refill and restack and there's always someone out there trying to find where all the glasses have been left. Some are outside, some are inside, and then you put them all in, put them in the dishwasher, and then as soon as they're out, they're already being used again. So I think that's that's a fantastic thing to uh, it's a fantastic thing that people just don't realize and to be fair I hadn't really considered it even though I knew I think even worse if you're having a marquee wedding where um, there's no on-site caterers either it's it's literally a marquee and nothing else so there isn't even anywhere to wash the glasses up so if you've only got glasses enough for your guests you are out of luck because there is nothing there no kitchen no nothing I think one of the things that I always think that uh, gets overlooked, and this is entirely biased based entirely on my profession as a magician, is uh, overlooking the, the, the natural lulls that occur in the day. So that's typically between the ceremony finishing and the wedding breakfast starting, and obviously the wedding breakfast uh, finishing and this, uh, the evening kicking off properly. So we uh, tend to find two two-hour periods there-ish where there just isn't very much going on for guests. Obviously you have some drinks, you have some canapes, um, so, I mean, that's basically mine and Jack's selling point is the fact that we will fill in those times, we'll break the ice between people and keep that part of the day flowing. Now, obviously, you don't have to hire a magician at that point, but I always say to couples, look, do something, you know, if that's garden games, if that's a magician, if it's a caricaturist, because if, I always think about it in terms of like cost per head. Because often, like especially at the higher end venues, you can be paying fifty, sixty, seventy pound a head, plus alcohol per head as well. And then, you know, then people don't want to spend an extra maybe five or six or ten pounds a head on entertainment, which just, which just I find absolutely ludicrous. Um, you feed them, you'll get them drunk, but then you won't won't do anything to keep them happy. Seems odd to me. So that's that's what the one thing I think that gets uh, massively overlooked, and I think couples will attest to that as well. But I do think there is a an evolution happening because. When I speak to couples nowadays, they are more thinking along those sort of lines. So, but that is obviously very biased from my point of view. Of course, it is. I think because um, I was at a wedding fair yesterday, uh, and I spoke to a lot of couples, and more and more people are coming up to me now. Because I mean, when I first started doing wedding fairs, I imagine it was the same for you, Chris, is that you were constantly trying to educate people about what a magician is, what they do, how they work, 
Whereas now people are coming up to me saying, oh, do you do during the drinks reception? I'm like, yes, I do. Because they're starting to understand they've been to other weddings where perhaps there's been that lull in the day and they've just been sat there waiting for kind of the food to arrive, essentially. Um, there's another point that I think kind of works quite nicely. And this is something that I think most magicians, because I obviously I know a lot of magicians speak with a lot of magicians, and they will try and sell during the breakfast as well. Um, and I personally find, and I know Chris is shaking his head at me, I find this is very much dependent on the number of guests you have. Because I've been to weddings where the first table has finished their course before the final table's even received their main course. So I think in those circumstances, there's a perfect opportunity to fill that time as well. Because they're otherwise, they're going to be sat there for 20 minutes just waiting for everyone else to finish their meal before the, the tables get cleared and the ne next course comes out. So I think in those circumstances, there's certainly time to, to fill there that people don't necessarily think about or realise but equally as I said that's very much dependent on the number of people that I think are there. I yeah I, I agree to a certain extent that when it's a bigger wedding that's important but for me I think that the the wedding breakfast should have maybe some entertainment at the start or at the end but no one wants to be performed to whilst they're eating food. Oh no absolutely not. It just not. doesn't work. But uh, yeah so so, is there anything else that kind of springs to mind that people just completely and utterly overlook? <sighs> so I've probably got a really long list, haven't I? <laughs> um, and like you said, I think um, it's really just keeping the day flowing um, so that there aren't really big gaps, like you said, after the ceremony while the drinks reception is going on before the dinner, sometimes that can that can be a really long period. Um, if people are if the couple goes off and have photographs, sometimes that overruns, um, and the guests are just hanging around for long periods of time. And it is having something to to entertain them during that time. Um, but and also I think timing timing is really important i feel like i'm talking about really boring things today glasses and timing but um d timing is something to really consider during your day because you don't want to allow too long for things but you don't want to allow not enough time for things so people are rushing um so if i'm planning a wedding i obviously talk to people a lot about this but um if people plan their own weddings I do try and have a little bit of input, if I can, about the timings for the day, just because you've done it so many times and you know certain venues and how they work and if people have to move to different rooms or if, they, if they're in the same room um, and what time needs filling. Um, so it, is, it, it does take a lot of consideration, I think, to get the timing right for the day um, and making sure there are um, things going on. I think what's really interesting is you're saying that you're talking about boring stuff the timings and the and the glasses but i think the boring stuff is often the most important stuff that people forget because because it's boring people don't want to think about it they just leave it um but it's stuff that certainly needs to be thought about a lot of times as well i think people they don't think about things that they perhaps need to because they haven't done it before so um some things they think are just going to happen not magically happen obviously that they're not stupid, <laughs> but they're, they're things that they haven't thought about because they haven't had to think about it. It's never occurred to them. Um, so, yeah, it is the fundamental things. Um, things like if you are doing your own wedding, um, who's going to clear up? If you're having a caterer that's that people are going, um, like a street food caterer, people are going to go up and get their own food or like a buffet. Who's going to clear that up? Because normally if there's a buffet or a street food caterer, they just serve it. They don't clear up as well. So it's just thinking about things like that. Um, you don't want 
uh, rubbish hanging around for the whole night um, and then and then standing there at the end of the night thinking, oh, who's going to clear the rubbish away? It's kind of too late at that point to think about it. So it's just thinking about these things ahead of time. Every single thing that's happening through your wedding day, who is doing it, who's going to take care of it. Um, and as long as you plan ahead, then things will be fine. There's two things I wanted to go do branching off of that. So one thing is about, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode, was about when you give someone the job of being an usher, they actually have a job to do. You know, so they, their job is to usher people and actually help run things to time. So it's not just, oh, I'm an usher, I get to wear a buttonhole, I'm going to get drunk. If you've been told to do something and you, people have to be somewhere at a certain time, that is their responsibility. So, yeah, keep when you give someone a assign someone a task make sure that they're not just going okay cool and just completely ignore it because they that is their responsibility uh, but the other thing that i was going to move on to uh was actually talking about the stupidest thing that i think people forget that they need and i've seen this time and time again particularly at wedding fairs when you've got uh, a, a registrar at there and people just try and walk straight past them and i've, I've Quite often, I'm right next to the registrars for some strange reason, and they go, "Oh no, we don't need you," and they go, "Yes, you do," because <laughs> if you do, it's like obviously sometimes they've already planned the registrar, or you know they're getting married at a church or something like that. But I have heard so many times, countless times, where people have gone, "Oh no, no, we don't, we don't need a registrar." Oh, how are you getting married? Um, a, a, a registry office. Um, okay, then you need a registrar then, and they, they'll try and actually, I mean, without the registrar or whoever whoever is getting me married you've just got a party so yeah I think the thing is yeah. though um it, in some ways it's almost um I think that almost has it, they almost have become irrelevant in the wedding fair process because venues that need a registrar are, have actually become so good at um covering the basis for couples so every wedding venue that needs a registrar they will cover that in their consultation or their um, planning with the couple because they know that they have to have a registrar so um, I guess it, maybe it isn't the couple's fault because they it's already covered for them so they almost don't feel like they have to talk to them. That makes sense. Now we're going to move on swiftly to our quick fire questions. So here's the thing Chris I, don't, I did tell you this but uh, we have had some since the because we recorded the previous episodes before we went live uh, and now this is kind of the first episode since we've gone live and I've had some requests to put in the pow pow pows here so i'm gonna so I, I said this this is gonna happen there's gonna be a pow 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 this will probably be edited out and they'll never know this happened but there's gonna be a no, pow I pow pow i want this left in because i i requested i swear in like episode four or five that when i say quick fire questions you go pew, 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 like that so and that's happening now so there you go so, so this is leaving all of this in we're leaving this in, and I'm about to say quick fire questions, and then you're going to edit in that bit. Okay. okay. So it's time for our quick fire questions, and hopefully Jack edited in there. And so Sam, what is your number one tip for hiring a wedding planner? I think uh, my number one tip for hiring a wedding planner is to choose somebody that you feel meshes well with you. Which sounds a bit flaky, but I feel like you're. If someone is doing a full wedding plan for you especially, you're going to be spending a lot of time with that person. So you need someone that gets you. 
perfect. Ties in exactly what we said in episode four with uh, Sadie Osborne, photographer, who said the importance of having a connection with your photographer. And we kind of realised that it's actually important to have a connection with all your suppliers, really. So uh, you're in perfect agreement with her. So that's wonderful. Uh, moving swiftly on to your favourite wedding story. Oh, just one. One is so difficult. Um, uh, I think uh, if I if I choose one um, kind of element of a wedding that that I absolutely loved is that this one wedding um they had a festival style wedding they it was um they were kind of a couple that loved rock music um they didn't have any furniture in the marquee they had some hay bales outside they had a stage it was all about the music um and they, and it was yeah proper grungy lovely lovely couple she had pink hair um like cool sequined dress um, and then in the corner of the marquee, they had a unicorn ice luge, <laughs> which um, you wouldn't think fit in, but it was incredible. Amazing. I loved it. Fantastic. So moving on to your worst wedding story, I'm, I'm guessing that was when you had to plan a wedding in a day. Yeah, that's exactly it. Luck I mean, I think I've been really lucky that I haven't had, uh, that I haven't really got any nightmare stories. Um, there's always the drunk wedding guest stories, but I think every supplier has them. Um, but... Yeah, I think the, the worst, luckily, the, the worst wedding story um, actually turns out to be their wedding, turned out to be amazing. But yeah, the, the wedding that the day before got told they couldn't have their reception in the teepee um, was kind of the worst moment thinking, oh, no, we have to fix this. I think that just goes to show, and as I always say, that, you know, it's down to your personal mindset as to how you respond to when bad things happen because you know they, they could have literally just given up on that and had the worst wedding ever but they ended up having a fantastic day so that's just amazing so finally or no, penultimately nearly did a jack there and forgot a penultimate question uh, your number one general wedding planning tip so it can be whatever you like doesn't that have to be to do with anything oh, again there is, there is probably I could waffle on about um, probably tips all day long but the biggest one, I think the, probably the biggest mistake people make is not sticking to a budget, um, which is fine if you have a humongous budget that you don't really need to stick to, but the majority of people don't. The majority of people obviously have to stick to a budget. Um, and I think what people can do is not actually make a budget in the beginning and they just go, we'll just start, we'll just start booking suppliers and then book more suppliers and more suppliers. And, and you really can get carried away, especially going to wedding fairs nowadays. There is a million and one things you could book and there's new things popping up all the time. And, you know, some people are like magpies. You see something and you want it, um, which, is, which is great. Like I said, if you've got an unlimited budget, but most people do have to stick to one. So I think initially you do need to work out what you can afford as a couple. Moving us on to our random question of the week. Uh, this is really random, um, with no context whatsoever. Sam, when you get a new package and you open it up and it's full of bubble wrap, do you just have to pop the bubbles inside of that bubble wrap or can you, can you leave it? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Who doesn't? You, you I mean, if you, don't, right. if you don't pop them, you're a psychopath. Yes, uh, you can't resist. You can't. So, with our random question answered... Uh, it's uh, time to say goodbye to everyone. But first of all, 
Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Sam. You have been a, a wonderful guest and you've provided a, a lot of insight and uh, I think a lot of things that people would not have thought of at all. So if they want to find out more about your business, uh, where can they go to do that? All right, so our website is uh, southcoastweddings.co.uk. We're also on Facebook, South Coast Weddings, and Instagram, South Coast Weddings, everywhere, South Coast Weddings. <laughs> that sounds like some solid branding as well. And Jack, should they wish to get in contact with you about uh, wedding entertainment and things of that nature, how would they get in contact with you? And do not mention Twitter this week. I wasn't going to. See, now I feel like I need to. Uh, no, you can find me at theluxurymagician.com. You can find me on Facebook at Jack Brister, The Luxury Magician. I'm on uh, Instagram, Jay Brister Magic. That's it. Chris, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? They can go to chrispiercymagic.co.uk. Piercing is spelled P-I-E-R-C-Y. Uh, they can go to Instagram and Facebook and search for Chris Piercy on there and they'll probably find me. So that brings us to the end of the show, and uh, just finally, if you are listening to this and you want to subscribe, then you can find us on all sorts of different platforms. We are on Anchor, we are on TuneIn, we are on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, we are on Spotify, uh, Deezer, basically anywhere you listen to your music, you can find our podcast. Uh, and Alan, Amazon Alexa as well. Jack, have I missed any out? Uh, did you say iTunes? Probably not. That links us to the end of the show. Thanks so much, Jack. Say goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. And a goodbye from Sam. Goodbye. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And we'd love to have you back again. And a goodbye from myself. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Yes Do I Do. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using the tag at Yes Do I Do Podcast.